All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. After two off days filled with rumors and breaking news, we have an actual hockey game to talk about. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live, a June 8th edition of the show presented by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I'm Tyler Uramchuk. He is former NHL goaltender Mike McKenna joining me on today's show. Mike, what's up? You fired up for game three? Yeah, I'm ready for it. I think I've had a couple nights to watch other stuff on TV, do a lot of cooking, and be insanely busy despite not really having what I feel like a lot to do. So that's the nature of having kids, Tyler. Hold off as long as you can. Uh, noted, Mike. Absolutely noted. Uh, let's get into the hockey talk for today's show and start with Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals. It's not like, you know, technically a must win for the Florida Panthers, but come on, if they want any hope of winning the Stanley Cup, you need to get the job done tonight as the series shifts back to home ice in Florida. Uh, there's a lot of things that went wrong or that the Panthers, quite frankly, did wrong in the first two games of this series. We can talk about the odd man rushes, the quality scoring chances that they were giving up in bunches to the Vegas Golden Knights, the discipline that was lacking. A lot of people want to talk about the goaltending as well. Uh, on Paul Maurice's whiteboard, Mike, what's going to be number one on the list of shit we got to get right tonight? I think it's protect the middle of the ice in the defensive zone and be smart about how we pinch at the blue line. Because right now, to me, those are the two things that are crushing the Florida Panthers. They've allowed too many odd man rushes just because they've decided to be hyper aggressive at times that have not panned out for the club. And they got to formulate a plan between Bobrovsky and his teammates, his defensemen especially, to keep those screens from happening in front of them. It's not just the opposing players of the Golden Knights. It's been his own players. They've got to communicate. Let Bob have the outside shot. 
while the defensemen take the inside lane. It should be simple, but I think the Panthers have just been too horny, man. They're running at every puck in the defensive zone, double coverage, all that. So they got to clean up defensively. And then on the flip side of it, offensively, if the Florida Panthers don't start getting the puck on and off their blade quicker and getting some elevation on it, I don't see any success. It's got to happen. Right now, if you're going to look for the perfect shot, you're probably not going to get it. And the fact that the Golden Knights have pressured so quickly, the Panthers haven't had a chance to get the puck on their blade, take an extra second look. They've got to do it right away. Get in the air, converge on the net. I'm really not even worried about the penalties, Tyler. Like I think that's actually been more of a late-in-the-game phenomenon for the Panthers that's hurt them. They've got to tighten up defensively, and then they just got to get pucks to the net quicker and more aggressively. Yeah, and I do kind of like that point. It did feel like at times you said the Panthers were too horny. It's almost like a, a different version of squeezing the stick too hard, right? Where you're going out there and you're saying, okay, hey, nothing's really going right for us, so I'm just going to try to make something happen. And then you end up doing yep. something stupid. You end up making a bad pinch just because you're trying to be the guy who starts pushing things in the right direction. I think as cliche as this sounds, simplifying for the Florida Panthers is probably something they need to do a little bit better tonight. Um, and also, hey, Mike, I know we went on our, or you went on your rant earlier in the week about how it's not all on Bobrovsky, but him returning to his superhuman level would also go a long ways tonight. Well, I think a big save early on would make a difference, you know, yep. and and he's made several throughout the course of the game. But if they could get out of this first period, especially on home ice, either tied or with a lead, that might be everything for Florida. So, I mean, for me, it's really about, you know, kind of letting the game come to them. Like, I know they're an aggressive team. I know that's their M.O., but I think they've done, they've overdone it so far. So a little bit more um, even keel, a little bit more methodical. I actually don't mind a close game between the Panthers and Golden Knights because the Panthers have been able to score at times when the chips are down. I like it if it gets tight and gets towards overtime. This is a team that was down 3-1 in round one to the Boston Bruins, and they didn't blink. They didn't flinch. They got clutch goals from Matt Kachuk, some big moments from Sergei Bobrovsky, and they found a way to work back in that series. 2-0 is not quite 3-1. So anyone saying the Panthers don't have a chance, Mike, I think is just a little bit foolish. Yeah, the scores were lopsided in games one and two, but this Panthers team, to my point, has been resilient all season. And I really do think Paul Maurice is the right coach for this job, too. I think he's going to have those guys in the right mindset tonight. They need more of what they did in game one. They were okay for that. It just that game was a little bit closer than the score reflects. Got out of hand at the end. Game two, though, whew, they can't repeat that, brother, because that was an atrocity. We're going to talk about the five-on-five scoring and the special teams with our pal John Goyens, head coach of the Cape Breton Eagles, coming up in just a little bit. But let's talk about some off-ice news we got yesterday. Vlad Gavrikov and the LA Kings agreeing to a two-year extension. Uh, this guy acquired at the deadline, came in and really fit like a glove. The Kings had nothing but right-shot blue liners. Gavrikov came in and really steadied on the left side, even though their season ended in the first round. I think back to that series against the Oilers. He was dynamite defending Connor McDavid. He really is and it was an important piece of that blue line. And they get him locked up for two years. There was talk that the Kings wanted to go longer, though, Mike, and that would have brought down the AAV. But Gavrikov, 27 years old, hitting UFA status at the earliest possible moment in his career, decides to bet on himself with a two-year deal. Now, it's always funny to me to be like, oh, man, he's taking a risk. He's betting on himself. He's getting almost $12 million in his jeans. It's not exactly, you know, the biggest gamble <laughs> in the world. Um, but what do you make of Gavrikov kind of turning down a longer-term deal, taking the two-year option, and then being eligible to hit UFA status again at just 29 years old? Well, listen, man, it is a big risk. Like, if you're talking $12 million bucks versus, I don't know, yeah, 40 something, like – 
dude, that's you're talking generational wealth when yeah. you start hitting those millions. Um, that's like your kids not worrying about that, even though you like for your kids to make their own way in life. Yeah. But um, I just think that this is interesting from the perspective of one, our own Frank Cervalli put a billy on it that they were going to move a right shot D man. They did with Sean Walker. Now they got Gavrikov, who did, like you say, he was awesome for them. But it's two years at 11.75. That's manageable. Thing is here, how does this affect the rest of the free agent market? You know, are more players going to look at the fact that they think the salary cap's going to go up big time in the next two, three, four years and do this type of deal? I mean, I'm looking squarely at Austin Matthews. Uh, I'm looking at other, you know, RFAs that are out there or even Elias Sorokin. We talked about him previously, these big names. Are they going to bet on the NHL, not on themselves? That's kind of how I see it. They think revenues are going to be up so much that if they just go and do their job for two years, boom, that next paycheck could be really big. So I think it's made it a little bit interesting because you got Caulfield on one hand who took a long-term deal at under you know eight million bucks yeah. per, which is a great deal. I think that could turn out to be a real value down the road. So it, it's some yin and yang stuff going on, but Gavrikov's deal is is something I think we might see more of, especially with the the belief that that salary cap is going to be rising in the near future. Yeah, I always look at it as I think the best time to hit unrestricted free agency is 29 or 30 years old where you're still biting that prime and you'll get a GM to pay you for what you've done over the last couple of years. You're probably going to have a couple of years towards the end of that deal that are ugly where you're out of your prime, but you don't mind getting paid big for those. Yeah, and and you know what? Look at it this way, too. If he takes a two-year deal now, I mean, even if his next year is four or five years, five or four or five years, if it's at six million per or, or more than that like he, seven million per you're making more anyway on that same time frame you know so it, it's it's fascinating to see how this has changed yeah really and i look at caulfield even it, i think it applies to trevor zegras when you're 22 i think you're almost getting the best of both worlds you sign that seven-year extension you're getting brought to your age 29 season for a high-powered offensive forward like zegras and caulfield i think you're getting the best you're getting a huge paycheck and then you're still going to get Yet to hit unrestricted free agency when, I mean, Frank was saying on the DFO rundown this morning that he thinks the cap could be at $100 million within three to four years. So when you look at Gavrikov, yeah, man, if it works out, it'll really work out. But I see Barra made a good point here in our YouTube chat. Look at John Klingberg. That's a guy who turned down 40, 50 mil from bad the Dallas bad. Stars and Real it'll backfire once in a while. Yeah, I think what you're seeing here is on the plane, who likes to sit at the poker table and who likes to watch their investments. <laughs> Okay, because that's yeah. where we're at right now. You got two camps here. You got the gamblers and you got the people that are more conservative with their money. I would definitely take term over dollar any day of the week. Yeah, it is interesting. Gavrikov bets on himself. We'll see what else the Kings get up to with some of their newfound cap space this summer. Let's head north of the border. Talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Specifically, Pierre-Luc Dubois reports that he won't sign an extension in Winnipeg from his agent, Pat Brisson. And... This is tough. I really think, and I don't want to throw this word around, but I think Dubois kind of screwed the Jets, Mike, because all we hear is that, oh, he wants to go to Montreal. He wants to go to Montreal. And regardless of if that's true or not, him sitting here a year out from unrestricted free agency saying, I'm not signing here again, them trying to get proper trade value for this guy is nearly impossible because teams will sit there, specifically a team like Montreal, I'd imagine, and go, whoa, whoa, you want a first and a prospect and all this? If we just wait 12 months, we're not competing next year. If we just wait 12 months, we'll sign them for no assets and free agency. I I think Dubois has really taken it to the Jets here. And honestly, I don't like it. I think it's kind of an unnecessary shot in an organization that gave up a lot in Patrick Laine to bring you in. Well, as a player, he doesn't care what they gave up to bring him in. Yeah, he just wants what he wants. 
Yep. But this guy's under 25 years old, and he's already asked for a trade twice. Like, he's a flight risk. Like, why would you want that player on your roster? Okay? And, like, his play's been spotty, too. He, he, there's times where he completely disappeared this year. And he is not beyond a second-line center. For where he went in the draft, he should be a top-flight first-line center. He showed it at times in Columbus, and he hasn't reached that peak to stay there. So, you know, does he think he's going to get more money? Is it just about playing where he wants to play? I appreciate that a player would like to dictate being somewhere they're happy. Yeah. But when you're on the market like this, how can you say, like, he doesn't have any trade protection. Like, Winnipeg could just go, you know what, man, screw you. We're going to send you off wherever we want to if they can't get much for him. You know, I don't see that happening because he has – Obviously, you want to get the most out of this trade you can, but like this isn't you're going to want an extension in place if you trade for him, yeah. right? Like you don't want to just give him a six million dollar qualifying offer for assets that you give up and get one year out of it. So, I don't know, man. Like he, he's not worth he's not worth Nazem Kadri money or term for me. That's seven million bucks. Is it just Montreal he wants to go to? Is that it? Like he better have a longer list than more than one team or three teams if he thinks that this move is going to be be anything palatable for him. And yeah, for Shevel Day off, this is this is rocking a hard place. I'm interested to see how he comes out of it because we saw Tree Living last. We thought Tree Living was in a terrible spot last year, and even though it doesn't look great with Huberto and Weger after the fact, that's a pretty good deal at the time. Yeah, I think hindsight obviously changes that a bit, but it's also year one of that trade, and we've talked about it a bunch of times with Dubois. I mean, I think Winnipeg's going to be hard-pressed to get good assets in this deal just yeah. because so many teams are going to say, we want to talk extension. And if they go to him and say, okay, eight-year deal, and he goes, no, I'm testing unrestricted free agency next year. Why would you give up anything significant for him unless you're a contender and you're viewing him purely as a one-year rental? But I don't even know if that's worth the headache. For an inconsistent player, that's a flight risk. That's the perception and perception's reality. So yep. good luck, everybody. Another big rumor that we've heard this week centers around Alex Debrinka and the Ottawa Senators heading into a summer where he's a restricted free agent. There is talk that after just one year in Ottawa, he won't be signing long-term there. So the Senators are potentially going to be forced to move him this summer. It's a tough hand to be dealt if you're the GM of the Senators, which again, that position might be changing in a bit. So it's hard to read what they're going to do this summer, but focusing in on Debrinka which GMs around the league should be making a call to Pierre Dorian to try and make a move for this guy? Yeah, I've got a couple of them. And by the way, this is a case, a classic case of you better have an extension in place when you go for a big yep. person like this on the market, right? Like you, you, you can't just roll the dice hoping you're going to keep them around. You better make assurances of it and trying to sell them. Um, I tell you what, Carolina Hurricanes need a sniper. I think he'd be a good fit there. I think Rod Brindamore would help to bring its game. Minnesota Wild, same boat. They need some additional scoring. Cap issues might be a little bit tough there, but I got my eye on one team, and it's his hometown state. It's the Detroit Red Wings. Debrinkets do a quali qualifying offer of $9 bucks. He's currently at 6.4 for a cap hit. The only thing that's really a question, is he a 30 or 40 goal scorer? It, it, it's waffled a bit here, right? You're not quite sure. I don't think he's quite worth $9 bucks a year, but when you look at the Red Wings and what they could possibly put together in assets to get him, they have two first-round picks this coming year in 2023. They have two first-round picks, 2024, and look at the second-round picks that are loaded up, three of them in this year's draft as well. And, you know, Larkin is the only big-ticket player on the docket right now for the Detroit Red Wings. He's going to be joined by Mo Sider in a year. But they got over $30 bucks worth of cap projected cap space sitting there. I think they could afford to bring it. I think he'd fit. They need a boost in offense. They also need a defenseman or two to round out that team. But I would like him in his home state. I think it'd be pretty good for him to head back home to Detroit. I'd like to see him play with Larkin. 
Yeah, I mean, look at all those picks, right? If all Ottawa wants in return is just draft capital, Detroit can easily give that up. I think adding another high-end offensive piece there makes a lot of sense. I initially thought of the Canes as well. I floated that out to Jason Greger and Frank Saravalli on the DFO Rundown. The new episode is out this morning, and they both kind of said, not high-end enough for what the Canes need. It would just be another kind of you know good but not great or great but not elite piece. The, na- the team I'm thinking of, and they have a ton of cap space. I think we have a board here with uh, the top eight teams in cap space for this summer. And I would imagine there's a handful of these teams who are looking to compete who will make a call. One team who just misses this list, though, is the Buffalo Sabres. This summer, about $16.9 million, But their roster is pretty much set. And the one thing yeah. that should be an area of priority for them is adding a score for that second line. Give Dylan Cousins like a, a good quality 30 plus goal scorer to play with and i think your team gets a whole heck of a lot more dangerous they have the money to sign him long term next year they're going to have like 40 some million dollars in cap space i think the sabers would be an awesome fit for this guy yeah and he'd also probably be able to stay with his billets down the road in erie from the juniors that wouldn't be a bad deal familiar (laughs) with the area but they have to keep some money aside in buffalo for eventual darlene and owen power extensions but again i'm just looking at their cap friendly Next summer, they have $49 million in projected cap space if the cap goes up to $87 million bucks, Almost $50 million with, again, a lot of key pieces. Samuelson, Thompson, Cousins, Tuck. These guys are all signed for a handful yeah. more seasons. I think the Brinkout would really fit in with that young core. You know who's like a year too late right now or too early, I guess I should say? It's the Blackhawks, a return. Oh, you know, like with Bedard coming in a year or two later from now, to Brinkett would probably be a perfect fit to go back yep. there, but it's premature at this stage. It's kind of funny, like a chicken egg thing. Like you get Bedard and then you go, damn, we need to surround him with good young talent. You traded Kirby Doc, you traded Alex to bring it, but then you right. go, hey, well, if you didn't trade those guys, would you have finished in the spot you did and then you wouldn't have gotten Bedard? Like you can talk yourself into a pretzel. Keep the carousel going, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's uh, focus back on the Stanley Cup final. Game three goes tonight. Let's talk about what's been going on in this series with the coaches room. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
The Coach's Room with John Goins. You can find him on Twitter at Gourmet Hockey. It's brought to you by UFC 289 coming this Saturday in Vancouver. Six Canadians on the card, and you can watch it all on pay-per-view. John, let's start with maybe what Vegas is doing well, and it's scoring at 5-on-5. Five five. The goals are 8-3 in this series. Is this purely Vegas just being too much to handle, or is Florida making some mistakes here? Well, you guys mentioned it at the top of the show with the odd man rushes and the bad pinches. Everything that their forecheck evolved in terms of versus Carolina not giving up those odd man rushes, cutting those odd man rushes in half. Right now, at the rate that they're giving up odd man rushes, would have them 31st in the National Hockey League over a regular season. 31st. Whereas what they did against Carolina had them in the top three. What they're not doing is they're not doing that reload retreat. Pardon me. Reload retreat, which they did against Carolina. The other part is they're dumping recoveries. They're a high dumping uh, team, but they're recovering pucks at a rate that would have them in the bottom of the bottom five in the league in the regular season. And then as we roll it here for Vegas, we know that they can score in various ways and they can score here, though. Watch the changes, right? The change is a little bit early. So Carrier comes off the bench a little out of sight, out of mind. But then it seems that everything that doesn't go right at the net right away creates a little bit too much chaos in terms of their D-zone coverage. And the old adage of, when in doubt, protect the house. Here, uh, Vegas does a great job as usual. They shrink the zone. There's five guys in the picture. All that hockey ta- all that hockey coach lingo. And then you get this pinch. It's, it's a long-distance play. It's a hope play. Now it looks like a two-on-two, but it's just not. Like Carlson's got way too much speed coming up the ice. Montour loses Amadio. And it continues. A lot of it coming from the offensive zone. Stall half pinch. He's protecting the wall. The wall doesn't need protecting. Montour wants to switch with Duclair. I think he needs to buy Duclair a little bit more time. Now here comes the chaos, right? You should stop in the house. Where's the puck go? Right through the dot line. White Cloud moves to the inside. Duke's trying to block a shot. It's in the back of the net. Barbashev with a little pick, takes out Varhegi's stick. Now you got a four-on-three rush. Keep them to the outside. No problem. Here's a 50-50. Shrink the zone. But again, they get to the house, but now there's the lack of awareness. Here's that aggressiveness in the neutral zone. Boom. Line change and bad line change on the backside for Florida. What do we got? A four-on-three rush. Now, they're going to keep them to the outside, but now it goes down to the low in the zone, and it's a bit of a broken play. What do you do? You protect the house. Now, it's one on four for Nick Waugh, and he puts it in the back of the net. He should never even get to the slot at that point. John, I played for a coach, uh, Jordy Kinnear, who's the head coach of the Charlotte Checkers. We were in Springfield together, and man, all the time, every single day, five on a die, five on a die. He said this endlessly in the locker room, meaning, Five players that look like the dice and you know where you needed to be in the defensive zone that's been missing from the florida panthers now coming into this series you're big on the special teams and florida's power play coming into the cup finals was nearly at 28 percent and vegas's penalty kill had been the worst of the playoffs yeah they played they faced edmonton but they hadn't been great in previous rounds either so what have you noticed during special teams and in specific fuller's power play 
Well, see, the thing is, right now, Florida's 60% on offensive zone faceoffs. So if you're going to do that, then have a quick strike plan, first and foremost, because the rest of it's not really working out for them. They are only 60% success rate on controlled entries. They're not. So what are they doing? Then they start dumping in pucks. So as we roll these clips, you're going to see what uh, Vegas does when they win uh, D-zone faceoffs. There needs to be a fourth guy jumping to nullify these easy clears. Right. So right now, like I said, they're about six for 10 on the on the power play uh, on offensive zone faceoffs. But these just see there's way too much time. It seems like they're reloading at five on five. But in essence, they're they're uh, on the power play. So here you win a faceoff. Get sprint like sprint to the middle. I think Montour's got to drag Carlson past the midway point to give Barkoff way more space. Same thing. Forsling sprint or give it to Varhegi and get over the halfway mark, giving Ekblad more time and space, it just becomes a one-and-done one-tee. Now the entries here, stop on the drop, no one's got speed. No one's got speed. You could kick it out. Well, what are you going to have to do? Now you're going to have to rim release. Pietrangelo reads that, bang, it's down the ice. Here, three-on-three three rush. A little bit of a hope float type of pass. They get lucky, they keep it in. Rim release, what happens? They shrink the zone. Now all you see is a four on two. You want to play quadrants on the PK. And Vegas is winning that. Here again, zone entry. Bobbled puck. Dump in. Here's There's not enough pressure. Bennett is hoping on the half wall. He's not joining. They're not outnumbering. I mean, it does come down to simple math. You have one extra player. You've got to outnumber them. And again, two on four. It's always now four versus three or four versus three. Uh, four versus two, excuse me, in certain quadrants. Another dump in. Well, here they go. Shrink. What do you got? You got four on two. And in this case, they're actually going to keep get possession of the puck. Now it's hoping passes through sticks and then forcing a bad shot. And then it's a one and done. And as we're getting to the tail end in this video, another puck placement. Well, what do you think we're going to see? Two versus four. So they've got to start doing a better job of figuring out quick strikes. Here, yeah, Montour's had a hell of a year, but I think this is a hope shot. You've got one of the hottest players in the entire playoffs, Kachuk, just sitting there with a massive highway-sized lane or two lanes to come down his downhill side to create. I just think that there's the puck's not on their stick enough and on face-offs and on opportunities off of broken plays. they got to figure out ways to get to the slot and get some quick strikes. Love the insight as always, John. Uh, if I gave you a chance to redo your pick for this series with it 2 nothing, what would you say? How many games do you think the Panthers can win here? Uh, they're going to they're gonna go th – this is going to go seven in my opinion, and, and I think uh, I think Florida's – I think Florida's going to chip away. I think what they did against Carolina proves that they're better than what they've done in the first two games. As someone who's uh, thrown a bit of money on the Florida Panthers in the series, I like your optimism, John, and I loved your insight today on the Coach's Room. As always, brought to you by UFC 289 this Saturday on pay-per-view, headlined by Nunez versus Aldana. You don't want to miss it, and you won't want to miss John Goins every Thursday on DFO Live. Thanks for hopping on, John. Thanks, guys. You can tell how much I like those segments because when the video like comes back, I'm like this.
And I'm like, yeah. I'm so close to like trying to watch my laptop to see what he's talking about. Uh, anyways, let's move, yeah, <laughs> let's move along to our hashtag ask DFO inbox question. We're scanning the YouTube for some questions. And you weren't on the show yesterday when we talked about Carter Hart's future, Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. But let me throw this your way. We're, what are some nice landing spots potentially for Carter Hart if the Flyers decide to move him? Yeah, and this is apropos. I've got a piece out on Daily Faceoff right now. It came out this morning talking about Carter Hart and the projection that he could have still as a franchise goaltender. Um, I think that Pittsburgh would be a great landing spot for him. I think he would solidify things there. I think you also look at uh, Los Angeles if they could manage to fit that cap. I even think the longer play that could be very interesting would be Montreal. Mm-hmm. They still have to figure out who their goalie is going to be. Montembeau. Uh, he's kind of in flux right now. Jake Allen knows he's a placeholder there. So keep an eye on those destinations. And Carolina might even be one to consider as well. Yeah. Uh, Jay Tess dropped in the hashtag AskDFO. And he wanted to know when the Jets are going and moving Dubois, Hellebuck, Shifley, Wheeler, should they be looking for draft picks, young prospects, or established players? I'm going to say young prospects. I think this is a team with Connor, Ehlers, Morrissey. I think the turnaround can be actually relatively quick in Winnipeg if they really nail a couple of good young prospects in this deal. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you're going to need a mix of it. Uh, It's really tough to mine out young players without giving up a lot that are already under team control, at least. So um, shooting for one or two of those is a good bet, but I think you're also looking um, for those draft picks because, man, like the top-end draft picks now, Tyler, they're in the NHL within one, two, three years. There's not the four- or five-year build-out like it used to be. Yeah, fair enough. Let's move along to our Patano bets for tonight. We got a hockey game to wager on, so giddy up, uh, courtesy of our friends at Patano. The game starts now at patano.ca. Can the Panthers make it a series? I'm not touching them on the money line. I talked about yesterday betting on uh, Florida to win at least one road game in this series. I got enough going on the Panthers' futures, so I'm taking two props in this hockey game, one of which is two for two already in this series, and it's the Mark Stone shot prop. He had seven in game one. He had three in game two. The line is still set at two and a half, and it is still playing paying plus money, which means I'm wagering on it. I like this spot. Again, he's crushed it now in four straight, dating back to the Western Conference Final, and if you're going to keep giving me plus money, I'm going to keep hitting this thing. On the Florida side of things, I'm digging the Matt Kachuk shot prop. It's moved away from plus money. He's hit it in three of his last five. He hit it last game after missing it in game one. And at minus 105, I just think this is a solid spot. Back on home ice, then Kachuk's going to be looking to kind of be a leader on this team and really spark the Panthers. That'll involve throwing a ton of rubber towards the net. So give me Stone and Kachuk on the shot props tonight. Uh, if the Panthers are going to win this hockey game, who's got to be the first star for them, Mike? Oh, I don't know about first star, but I'll tell you this. Brandon Montour better have a point. He hasn't had one in 10 games. If the Panthers are going to win, he's going to play a big part. So if he's got a goal or an assist, I'll say that they get the victory tonight. Fair enough. Uh, Let's wrap up the show with a little garbage time. What do you got? This isn't garbage because I made most of my living in the American Hockey League, and tonight is the start of the Calder Cup Finals, and there's a real reason to keep your eye on this. I know at the NHL game you may not be keeping too close to tabs, but keep in mind it's going to keep going. Um, It's the Coachella Valley Firebirds against the Hershey Bears. And, you know, you look at this series and it's kind of interesting because the Hershey Bears, they're they're more of a veteran team, which is typical of Hershey, coached by Todd Nelson. Edmonton folks may remember him from the Oilers. He's also a previous Calder Cup winner with the Grand Rapids Griffins in 2017. Unfortunately, I was on the other side of that losing effort with the Syracuse Crunch. No surprise. So here's his club. There's Dylan McElrath, the big man in the middle. He's got the biggest wingspan I've ever seen in my life uh, as the captain of that club. And then you flip it over to Coachella Valley and they are coached by Dan Bilesma. So 
Balsma has taken a step back, became a head coach at the American League. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure trying to, to bump back up to the National. But this is the Seattle Kraken's farm team. It's their first year in the American Hockey League. Uh, and they got some guys that are really good that are ripping it up. Young talent. Ty Cartier, you remember him from the Stanley Cup playoffs? He's, awesome. He had two goals in game six uh, to eliminate the Milwaukee Admirals and go to the Calder Cup finals. He was the AHL Rookie of the Year. Also keep your eye on a D-man, Riker Evans for the, for the Firebirds. 16 points in 19 games in the playoffs so far. That leads D-men and rookies in scoring. He's a second-round pick of the Kraken. So somebody that you're going to probably see in Seattle sooner rather than later. Um, there's some good prospects in this, and and every year somebody comes of it. Our season, Tyler Bertuzzi was one of them. The next year, Roe Bay Hintz. Like you can always find somebody that's ready to take the NHL step from the Calder Cup Finals. I was, I was just sitting and scrolling through the rosters as you were doing all that. You're saying names like Dylan McElrath that I haven't heard in a while. I wanted to see who else was kicking around. Well, there's some relics in there, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the all us old timers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, great stuff. Calder Cup gets going here. What a statement it is about the way Seattle's built things up as well. Hey, mm-hmm. you think about having to start a farm system from scratch for you to be in the Calder Cup finals this quickly. That is something. Yep. Good coaching and some good talent there. They've surrounded their young talent with good veterans and Shane Wright's playing too. So there's right. another name to keep a track of. Lots to watch in the Calder Cup finals gets going. Of course, game three, Stanley Cup final tonight. You and Frank Saravalli will be on the show tomorrow to break it all down. Shout out to everyone in the YouTube chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do that. We're closing in on 6K. We want to get there by the end of the season. Shout out to our producer, Aaron Bordado, John Goins, at Gourmet underscore hockey on Twitter. Give him a follow and yourself, McKenna, for another great edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, noon Eastern. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.